Oh boy. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Great to see your faces. Great to see you here. Uh, I just want to I just want to give you a little bit of announcement before I get started here. I, I've I've been given permission to just inform you on on what's going on. Um, uh, Mary uh, Lookin was uh, admitted into the hospital uh, over the weekend on Friday. She's in the ICU uh, at Met, um, and she has a blood clot over by her lung, and um, the, the the cancer has has returned. And uh, so they they are really looking um, for prayer and support right now for the family. Uh, as uh, you know, this is this is a hard this is the hard news for them, and this is uh, you know another difficult journey for them to to journey together. And so, if you can uh, keep Chris and Mary in your prayers, uh, you know. And I just think was thinking about that song, you know, um, uh, that he gives us victory. You know, I'm going to see a victory, and we're going to pray for that this morning. That we're going to see a victory here, and uh, because you know God is uh, God is capable of amazing things, and there's nothing too big for God, and. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to do that this morning. So Heavenly Father, Lord, we just lift Mary and Chris. And, and Lord, anyone who, who's dealing with health issues right now, whether it's a family member or that, Lord, God, we know um, that uh, how difficult this is because all of us have been touched by one way or another of, uh, of this, this awful disease, Lord God. But you know what? This disease has nothing on you. Uh, this disease has nothing on your capabilities of wiping it away like that. So God, right now, we are going to pray for a victory, Lord God, that we will see a victory in, in your name, Lord God, uh, and that you are going to be glorified through this, Lord God, that this this will be used, Lord God, to just be a great witness to people, Lord, that, that, that you will just restore the health in Mary's body, Lord God, that you will just wipe away this disease, that you will just give her strength, you will give her courage, Lord God, and you will just give her a, a, another day of to fight, Lord. So Jesus, we pray that you would just just swarm that family, Lord God. Swarm Mary and Chris and their family with just your love, with your grace, with your presence, Jesus. And that, Lord God, we will see a victory in Jesus' name. Because by your stripes, we are healed. And we're going to claim that today in Jesus' name. So, Lord God, we pray that over anyone else who is dealing with, with uh, health issues and, and, and fighting with, uh, with whether it's cancer or any other kind of sickness, Lord God, that you would just watch over, that you will just heal, that you would, your hand would just be upon them and strengthen them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, this morning, we are continuing on, and we are hitting chapter 5 uh, Galatians, and this is uh, this is a big chapter as we get ready to look into um, uh, being free. But you know, Paul Paul has had uh, quite the challenge with this uh, with this church, uh, Galatians church, and he he had to deal with so many different situations. He had to deal with so many different um, uh, issues as they have arisen, and as we saw in that. That, that announcement video, that was one of them there, right there. And uh, <laughs> again, oh my goodness, it's fantastic. Uh, but, you know, it starts off with, with, with dealing with the, the, this idea, this issue that, that um, in order to be saved, you had to follow ABC. You had to add on to what Christ had already done for us. And, and, and Paul, I could just imagine the amount of times he's probably 
put his head against a tree or put his head against the wall. Like, come on, people, can't you get this? You know, and, and so he, he, he addressed his issues. And, and one of the things that he had to address as we looked in chapter two was, was this idea that, you know, our actions speak louder than our words. And our, 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 our actions speak volumes about where our heart is. And he had to deal with that with Peter as, as, as Peter was, was um, you know, dealing with the Galatian Christians one way. And then when the Jewish Christians showed up, he completely changed his attitude towards, towards the Gentiles. And um, uh, uh, so, he, so he had to, to address this, like, listen, guys, you have to understand that, that, our, that the grace isn't just for, for one group of people, but grace is for everybody. Grace is a gift that's been given to everybody, and our actions will show whether we truly believe that or not. And, and he wants us to believe that. He wants us to follow that and, and understand that, hey, you know, I, 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 I came here for everyone. I came here for a purpose so that everybody has the opportunity, the invitation to receive that grace in Christ. And so, so he, he, he continues on, and he starts having to deal with this idea that that we are saved by our labors. We are saved by our works. And he's saying that's not the case here. There's nothing you can do that will earn you grace or freedom in Christ. There's not one thing on this planet that you can work at that will get you saved. And he was on this mission to answer that we are accepted not because of our laboring for God, but we are accepted because of Christ's action on the cross. That's why we are saved. And he did that freely for us. And and what we have to do, there is one thing we have to do, and that's just believe. Believe in him and and, and confess with with our mouths that he is God, that he is the Savior, and that he loves us, and that he will reunite us and, and restore that relationship with God. You know, and 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 so so we we we're looking on as we look at this uh this idea of uh, the, the, again, the problem with legalism, because legalism, again, was this, this big, big issue, and, and, and he was fighting, over, fighting it over and over and over again, because these guys were just, they, they, they knew the truth. They knew what the gospel w- was said because of what was spoken to them, but then they let the, legal, the legalistic believers come in and, and try and, 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 and thwart them and pull them away from this truth. You know, and so they started to have this identity crisis. One thing that we, we, we looked at, and we looked at this last week, is that our identity in Christ does not keep us uh, uh, as slaves binding us to earthly rituals, which they were, they were told, like, you know, you know, you can be saved, but then you got to do this, 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 and that. And we'll look more about that uh, today. But they, 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 were, they were told this, but, you know, that's not where our identity is. Rather, we have been invited and adopted into the house of God. And, and, and our faith, uh, and it's our faith in Jesus Christ that brings us sons and daughters in God. He's been on a journey trying to correct some of the issues here. And now he starts to deal with this idea of freedom. And we're going to look at freedom this morning. You know, because legalism, it existed then and it still exists today. It, it hasn't gone away. Uh, it's something that's continuously plaguing, plaguing our, our, our churches and our households. Um, Legalism exists when people attempt to secure righteousness in in God's sight by our works, and trying to, again, 
introduce this. It's an action that keeps you a Christian. It's, a, it, it's, it's practicing these different things that will, that will keep us who we are. And legalists believe that they can earn, or, uh, earn the merit, uh, God's approval, by, by performing these requirements. That's just not the case. Paul addresses the freedom uh, and living our lives, um, whether it's by the law or by grace, by flesh or by spirit. And we're going to look very, very deeply into the, the, the acts of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. This is where we get that, 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 that powerful verse at the end of chapter 5. And, and you know, there, there's, there's something awesome about freedom. Freedom is great. Freedom is something that, that we all value, we all hold on to. You know, and when we lose those freedoms, we, we kind of feel trapped, we feel, feel cornered, and we, we feel like we, we've lost something very important. But what is real, authentic freedom? Because this is where Paul starts to talk about the freedom, the real, authentic freedom that Christ offers us. Like as we look at, at, at uh, John chapter, chapter 8, verse 36, so if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Or in, in, in the NIV, you are free indeed. The Son has set you free. You are free indeed. Wow. You know, but, but, but Paul, Paul issues this warning about this freedom. So he, he, he talks him in, verse, in chapter 5, verse 1, that, that the fight of our freedom, we have to be careful that we don't lose it. And, and a lot of them were, were, were at risk of losing it, and actually some of them have already lost it because they bound themselves to, to legalism. And so this is what he says starting off. He says, so Christ says, truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. There we go again. There's the law. You know, the slavery to the law that they have, they're, they're wanting to go back to that way of living. What, free, what freedom is, is, is Paul talking about here? So he is talking about freedom from trying to be justified by the law. This is what he's trying. He's free. He's like, you, you were freed from trying to be justified by the law. You were freed because you were justified by faith. And here we go. This is, we, we, are, we are justified by our faith in Jesus. And so there are many things that Christians fight about when it comes to being uh, justified and when it comes to the do's and don'ts. I thankfully didn't grow up in a household that, uh, that was really plagued by a lot of those do's and don'ts. Uh, my parents, uh, they were saved in their 20s, and so um, they, they, they never experienced a lot of that stuff. But there was this, and there's still legalism today, but there was some things where, you know, if you were a believer, you didn't do, you know, A, B, C. You didn't, you didn't drink, you didn't, you didn't smoke, you didn't watch movies, you didn't go to bowling alleys or, 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 or roller skating because if there, was, if there was secular music there and Jesus showed up, well, you were getting left behind. That's the belief. You know, and, 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 and unfortunately, there's still that belief today. You don't, you don't, man, if, if you were sitting in a movie theater and Jesus showed up, sorry, I hope you enjoyed that movie. Because you're going to be watching that movie for the rest of eternity. So it better have been a good one. So, you know, there was this, this idea. But then there was also not only just the don'ts, but then there was the list of do's. 
There was a list of dues. Like you, you had to make sure that you practiced communion. You had to make sure that you, that you uh, showed up to church on time. You had to make sure that you, that you dressed properly. And, and this, was the, this was the other one. If you weren't wearing a suit and tie or if you weren't wearing uh, a, a dress or even just nice clothes, uh, ooh, that's, you shouldn't be coming to church then. And, you know, that was, that, was, that was a big problem because think about it. You know, you think about Christ invites us as we are. So who are we to say that you can't show up to church as you are? Please wear clothes. We do ask that. If there's, if there's something we can ask, so please don't show up like that, you know. But, but you know, and, and there, there was a moment of, a few years ago where I actually had to be checked the Holy Spirit actually checked me on this because I was thinking, you know, we're fine, we're good. But then uh, I remember there was a, uh, you know, a family that showed up, and again, he was very involved, and, and they the children's uh, ministry, and, 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 and he showed up one time wearing track pants and a track shirt. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, couldn't you just wear like jeans or something? And I remember thinking, and I remember the Holy Spirit saying, Whatever happened to come as you are? And I thought, wow, you're right. Because there's this legalism where we think about, you know, you have to look a certain way, talk a certain way, act a certain way to be Christian. And Paul's talking about this. And, and we're going to get again, like I said, we're going to get deeper into this, you know. But here's the thing. We always ask the questions, what can we do and what can't we do? Well, those are the wrong questions to ask. We shouldn't be asking those kind of questions because now we're, 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 we're focusing just on those things, the do's and the don'ts, legalism coming in. And, and, and Paul, he addressed this in verse 2 and 3 because the issues that they were facing was the issue of circumcision. In order to be saved, do I have to be circumcised? And that's what they were dealing with because the, the Judaizers are coming in saying, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, Jesus saves you. But until you become circumcised, it doesn't, you know, the deal isn't sealed yet. And, and so, he's, so he's, 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 he's hearing this, and this is how he combats it. In verse 4, he says, If you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. You know? If you've been saved by grace by placing your trust and faith in Jesus, and then you decide to go down the road of, of, of that level of the law, well, then you've fallen. You've fallen from grace. You, you're, you're not there anymore. And he, he cuts, he, Paul cuts deep to the matter. He says, listen, listen, there, 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 there's two things here that, that take place with a believer when they give their heart to the Lord. There's salvation and there's sanctification. Okay, salvation is, is being justified by faith, putting our faith in Jesus. Sanctification means that after you've been saved, you are being raised up to a whole new level. Uh, the, that you are raised up to this whole new level of living as you, as you live your life according to the Spirit. As you live your life by the guiding of Jesus. And, and that's a journey that we're constantly on. We're constantly working our way towards that, that level of, of sanctification. People are sanctified when they are used for the purposes that God intends. A human being sanctified, therefore, is, is when he or she is, is living according to God's uh, designs and purposes. 
So circumcision then represents the dues in order to be saved. But Paul continues in verse 5 and 6. And this is, this is really good what he says here. But, he, but we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being uh, circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. So what's the answer here? It's neither the do's or the don'ts that matter. The do's and the don'ts, it's, it's neither one that matters. The only thing that matters is that when we live out our faith, it is done in love. It is done in love. Moving forward, we're going we're gonna to look at this point. We're going to focus on this, and that's, it's not faith and the do's and don'ts that saves you. It's faith in a loving God which saves us and sets us free, and that faith works out of you through love. It has to work out of you. And so we start to break down this, this word freedom. And what is this freedom? You know, I, I, I want to break this down a bit because I, I, I don't want you... Uh, I don't want you leaving here thinking, oh, well, I could just take all the rules and throw them outside. I can drink, smoke, walk around naked, drive on the wrong side of the road, do whatever I want. And that's not, that's, that's not what, what, what Paul is addressing here because we are free to do what we want, but I guarantee you do all those things all at once, you're going to get arrested. <laughs> Understand, though, that, that your freedom isn't a license to kill. And I, and I use that James Bond uh, uh, reference there. Um, you know, because your freedom doesn't mean you could do whatever you want and, and, and nothing can touch you. Because uh, that's, that's not what it is. Freedom is a gift, but if it is abused, it becomes dangerous. And there are real consequences when our freedom is abused. You know, we hear this a lot where, oh, I got a freedom of speech. I say what I want. Yeah, you can say what you want, but you better be willing to pay the consequences of what you say. Right? There's a big thing there because we see this a lot, especially, especially when it comes to uh, elections. You know, the states are going through one right now. And yeah, you could say whatever you want, but you better be willing to pay for it. Freedom that Paul is talking about here is not a freedom of the flesh. It's not a freedom of the flesh because when we give into the desires of the flesh, you will destroy yourself. You don't want to be free to the flesh. Verse 13, 14. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. We are free to live, yes. But don't waste your freedom on reckless living. Don't waste your freedom on living for yourself and yourself alone. Instead, like Paul says here, we should use our freedom for God's purposes, his glory, and to serve others and help others and love others. What's the better choice here? Being free to be selfish or being free to be selfless? There's something so much more rewarding and satisfying 
being selfless than selfish. Because selfish, you feel good for a little bit in that moment. But eventually it wears off and you need more of it. But selfless, man, oh man, it feels good when you do something for somebody else. When you do something for someone out of love. There is that rewarding feeling. And not again, not a, not a prideful uh, feeling, but it's just this, I know I did what God's called me to do. I know there's, there's this thing that I did for God, and, and, and I did that by, by, by loving others. It's just, it's absolutely incredible. But when we engage in the flesh, we are taking a reckless, selfish, selfish road. In Romans 6, verse 10, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now um, he, that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. We, can, we cannot continue to live in sin and live in righteousness at the same time. It's impossible. It's, it's, it, the Christian life is not designed to, to, for a life of, of legalism. It is not a life of frivolity, and it is not a life of seduction. The Christian life, those, those things do not fit in the Christian living, do not fit in the life of a believer. They can't. They can't coexist. And there's this battle, as, as we'll continue on to see, there's this battle going on between the two. And the battle will always be there. The battle will always be there. We serve God because we love him. Jesus says in John 14, 15, If you love me, obey my commandments. God wants us to love, and with that follows the act of obedience. We o- when we obey, we love. And when we love, we obey. Which brings us to a healthy relationship with God. That act of obedience. When you love, you're obeying him. The law could never accomplish this. And we know this by now. Probably sick of me saying it. But it's true. And I'll keep saying it. The reason for this is because the law is just, it's a negative goodness. I don't know if you've ever heard that term before. A negative goodness. What's a negative goodness? It's, a more, it's morally worthless. It, it places value in not doing wrong, but neglects doing what's right. And that's what was going on here. I think about the, the story of the Good Samaritan, where you have the temple worker and the priest. You know, they, they, they walk past a Jewish man, and, and, and they obey the law by not being considered uh, unclean by helping this man, but... They neglect on what's doing what's right. And that's the issue here. They're, 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 that, that's a negative goodness. When you're, tr- when you're keeping something, when you're keeping that law, but you're neglecting what you should be doing and what's right. And that's what Jesus is trying to get through to them here. Who, 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 was, who was being the, 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 the neighbor? Who was being that loving neighbor? Was it the Samaritan or was it these two guys who avoided him? Well, obviously he was them. Why? Because he knew that as, as, as a Samaritan, he should not be going to a Jewish man. They should not be talking. They should not be connecting. But his humanity won because he saw, I don't care about the law at this point. That man needs my help, and I'm going to do what I can to help him. That was love. That was Christ 
living out of that man. So living this way, this negative goodness, living this way will never bring us to a place of positive goodness where we, we're out of love, uh, we're out of the love and the things that we do are done to please God. See, there's the thing, that positive goodness is that everything we do is done to please God. And, 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 and so, you know, I'm going to do this because out of obedience. God calls me to love my neighbor, so I'm going to love my neighbor. And I know that when I do that, it's pleasing to God. It's something that he's called me to do. And so out of my freeness, out of my flesh, out of my spirit, and again, we're going to get to living in the spirit, but by walking by the spirit, these things are just going to naturally flow out of me because it's who he is. And if I connect myself with him and live with him and abide in him, then what he stands for will flow out of me. And that positive goodness happens. So, living by, so here we are, living by the, the flesh brings death. Living by the flesh brings death. But how do you stop the flesh from taking over? How do you stop it from taking over? Verse 16. Oh, I'm already at 16. Here we go. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. If we walk by the Spirit, we will avoid what the flesh craves. And that's the thing. If we're, if we're walking by His Spirit, then the flesh doesn't have a leg to stand on. But it doesn't mean the flesh won't stop fighting. The flesh is always going to be competing for your attention. Always. And the only way that's going to stop is when we're no longer on this planet. The flesh in us longs to indulge in sin. Mm, it wants it. It craves it. Just kind of like how we crave junk food. We know it's not good for us. But it tastes so good. Mm, chips. Pretzels, fried chicken. <laughs> but here's the thing. We, we, look at, we look at the two sides. So we got uh, our, our, our flesh, our body craves junk food. But then there's also the other side where it, the, the, the nutrition tries to win over. Because have you ever gotten to a point where you've eaten so much junk food that your body just really wants a salad? Like, you're just like, you wake up thinking about tomatoes and cucumbers, and you're thinking, okay, I, I think I got to put the poutine down and, and start eating a salad here. Well, the thing is, you got that, 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 there's that war going on between your flesh and your spirit. Your flesh is fighting, craving, longing to, to indulge in, in earthly desires, in, in craving, in, 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 in poutine, and in, in all of these things. And, um, and, and that's the battle of the flesh over the spirit. Verse 17 18. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that, we are, that, that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. They will always be at war and that will never change as long as we're here. But even though, you know, we are new creations, we are created new in Christ, 
but there's that temptation that's always going to fight us. But understand, too, that even though you're tempted, being tempted is not a sin. You're not sinning if you're being tempted. You're sinning when you're, when you're giving in to the temptation and you act out the sin. But that's the thing. The flesh is always going to try and tempt you to pull you aside, to pull you to do this. And, 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 that, and that's when the Spirit's saying, no, 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 no. It's like that, that, the, the angel and the, and the devil on, on the shoulders. You got the angel on one side and the devil. The, 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 the one, and I, I, I forgot to put a picture up, the one that I always think of is, I don't know if you ever watched Emperor's New Groove, and Kronk is standing there, he's got the two sides. That's what I see every time I think about the two sides, right? And uh, so, oh boy. So you got those, you got those two sides constantly fighting each other. And Paul admits to this as well. Uh, and Paul, Paul in, in Romans, you know, um, exposes himself. And he says, listen, like, listen, I'm going to be real with you. I'm just going to bear everything out right now. And I'm going to share with you that, that I struggle with this. And, 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 and that, that, that there's things that I don't want to do that I do. And there's things that I do want to do that I don't. And it's a real struggle. And, you know, in Romans uh, 7.15, where he says this. And he says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't. Instead, I do what I hate. That's the war of the flesh and the spirit. That's what he's talking about. We could probably all relate to this, couldn't we? Yeah, we all relate to this. We struggle with this all the time. It's like, should I turn on the Lions game today or not? I don't know. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I'm in the same boat with you too. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. You're not alone. Uh, we'll uh, we'll bail together. So anyway, um, you know, so we 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 struggle with this thing, and we 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 think about you know, should I do this or shouldn't I? Should I give in or should I not give in? Should I, uh, you know, take a peek? It's not bad if I just take a little peek, right? No, okay, shouldn't I? Should, should I give in to my anger? Should I give in to this road rage? Well, that jerk cut me off. I have to yell at him. I have to honk. I have to do something. And, and, and so we, we wage war against these sides here. Paul mentions what happens when we give in to the desires of the sinful nature. And this is, this is a big one right here. So when we follow the desires of the sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That really paints a pretty, pretty broad picture, doesn't it? Pretty clear picture here. And notice how he says, listen, I didn't even name all these. There's still more out there. There's still more out there that you could, that you could jump into that, that, that is considered flesh, that is considered evil, that is considered uh, sinful. When we live by the flesh, we open our lives up to not only lists like this, but other things that will pull us right down. Anyone who lives by these cravings, Anyone who gives into these, you, 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 and I mean given, I don't mean just like making a mistake like, oh, I, I slipped up once, okay, I've, God forgive me, we continue living. That's, that's different. If you're consistently living this way, you are not in Christ. 
If you are consistently living this way, but saying, I believe in Jesus, but you're constantly outbursts of anger, you're constantly causing issues around people with you, you are living in sin by watching things you shouldn't be watching, um, giving in to, to lustful desires. If you're constantly living this way, Christ is not in you. That's the thing we gotta understand. We gotta stop fooling ourselves and stop fooling other people. Christ is saying, listen, or Paul is saying, listen, don't live this way. Don't give in to this garbage because it's going to destroy you. It will kill you. But what's the opposite of this? No, when we live by the Spirit, we have life. Living by the Spirit, living by the flesh, death. Living by the Spirit, life. Hmm. I think this is the one I want. Paul lists the desires of the flesh. It's crave center here, right? But then also contrast it with the list um, the, uh, for our other crave center, which is the fruit of the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Praise God. When we live by the Spirit, we're not bound to legalism or the natures of the law, but we are free to live by the Spirit, free to live by Him. And when we live by the Spirit, we have victory over the flesh and the worldly desires. I'm going to see a victory. Praise God. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. When we are walking in the Spirit and being led by Him, the fruit will be seen in us. And this is where the freedom is. We have the freedom to do what we want, but when we live by the Spirit, when we freely live by the Spirit and not by legalism, then as we continue to progress, we will climb up that level and that fruit of the Spirit, that will start to become evident in us. And so when people see us, they start to see a little bit more of a glimpse of Jesus. They start to see that when we react, we're not reacting negatively or screaming or swearing or cursing or, or, or all this stuff, but when, when challenges come our way, when we live by the Spirit, we'll handle things differently. We won't be as Have you noticed that when you're not abiding in Christ, when you're not abiding in Him, you get agitated more, you get frustrated more, you get angry, you get worn down, you get, well, guess what? You're not feeding yourself and you're not living by the Spirit. But when you live by the Spirit, He energizes you. He gives you courage. He gives you strength. He gives you motivation to continue on. And that's the thing. That's the benefits of living by the Spirit. Paul reminds us in, in, in 24, he continues on in verse 20, uh, 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his, to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Praise God. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live through the Spirit, if you live by the Spirit, you put to, put to death the misdeeds of the body and you will live. So there's this hold. This hold, that's con the flesh is constantly wanting to hold us back. But we have been set free to live. Free from that, but free in him. I want us to close with this verse. John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear 
much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches that are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. So I want you to close your eyes for this morning and just think about these verses. Think about what's going on here. Are you walking by the Spirit today? Are you attached to the vine? Because here's what happens when you're not attached to the vine. You wither. You wither up. If we're not abiding in Christ, if we're not walking in the Spirit, if we're not spending time with Him, we're not growing. We're not changing. We're not, we're, we're not, the fruit isn't, isn't being developed in us. And if we, if we remain in the flesh, if we remain in this side and, and, and just indulging in what feels good, we're never going to experience the fullness and greatness of, of, of Christ. So how are you living today? Are you engaging in the flesh? Again, don't get confused. Of, sometimes we do mess up. Sometimes we have a slip up. But that's when we correct ourselves. That's when we, we, we turn to God. We confess our sins. We repent and turn away from it. But if you're constantly living in the flesh, but claiming to be in Christ, there's a problem here. And and you need need to turn. If you truly want to live by the Spirit, then you need to repent of all that. You need to turn it all away. You need to say, God, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm not living this way anymore. I don't want to live by the flesh. I want to live by your Spirit. So God, I pray this as we go, that we could be encouraged today, Jesus, that, that we have a choice. We have a choice to live by you. And when we live by you, we will be free, freer than we could ever imagine. And we're not bound by laws and stuff, but when we live by you, your, your spirit will impress your, 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 your ways of living on our minds and on our hearts. And so when we live by you, we're not free to do what we want and free to just live recklessly, but by your spirit, we will make right decisions. By your spirit, we will do the right thing. We will do what you want us to do and and, and you will be glorified because of it. So Jesus, I pray that we could be encouraged not not to focus on the do's and the don'ts, but focus on living in you so that we can do the right thing by your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. So God, I pray that as we go, that this that this will resonate in our hearts. And that these that these verses were the, the, the comparisons of the, the, the acts of flesh and, and, and the fruit of the spirit don't leave our minds and don't leave our hearts. That we were reminded that when we live this way, the flesh way, this is the garbage we're gonna deal with. But when we live by the spirit, we will have life everlasting. Thank you, Jesus. So God, I pray that as we go, we can be encouraged and take this with us. Use us for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have an awesome day. Again.